Hello, friends. You're listening to the Sound Off Podcast. My name is Nate Laux, and I'm your host. Sound Off is a community conversation show that airs each Monday and Friday live on 96.7 The Eagle in LaPorte, Indiana. And while podcasts don't allow for live interaction, we are still grateful to have you listening and engaged. So please help us out by subscribing and rating the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening from. Share the podcast with your friends and enjoy today's conversation. Welcome to this podcast of Sound Off from February 14th, 2022 with your host, Nate Lauks. Nate's guest today is LaPorte County Council Member Michael Rosenbaum. Now here's your host, Pastor Nate Lauks. Hello, friends. Welcome to Sound Off. I'm glad to have you. My name's Nate Lauks. Uh, you know, of all the people that I've wanted to spend Valentine's Day with, it's you, our listeners. Uh, happy Valentine's Day. Glad to have you with us. We have Mike Rosenbaum, LaPorte County counselor in the show today. But before we get to him, I, I do want to say a couple things. Uh, we've got some shows coming up. Mayor Tom Dermody will be with us here very soon on Friday. We've got, um, I just uh, confirmed in, in March, we've got Sean Fagan and John Lake coming back. Uh, so the two prosecutors will be on. I'm going to try to do as many of the shows with candidates that are uh, opposing candidates, essentially, competing for the same spot. I'm going to try to do them in the same week, in a similar week, so that are close enough that you can remember who's been talking these kind of things and some of the, the things that they're saying. So I'm excited about that. Um, we've got some great shows coming up. If you ever have an idea for a show, shoot us an email at soundoff at 967theeagle.com. And I'd be happy to consider it. Now, I can't, I can't commit to it because your idea might not be any good. But if it's a good idea, I love good ideas and we'll take it. So today we've got Mike Rosenbaum on the show today. Hello, Mike. How are you? I'm doing great. And I'm going to echo your same thoughts about the happy Valentine's Day. And um, with that being said, I, I have to really do a special happy Valentine's Day wish to my wife, Dottie. Um, it's kind of interesting. We met the first night at college in Waterville, Maine. On a school bus on 9-6-1976. It's been a couple of years. Uh, just a few. We were married on 9-6-1986. Wow. So in the city of her birth, we were married in Providence, Rhode Island. So I have been married over 35 years and have known her over 45. Wow. And I'm going to tell you, if anybody thinks it's always easy, it's not. But you work, you work, you work. You love somebody, you're going to work it out. And I love this woman to death. And so therefore, thank you for being my partner. As my uh, grandparents both said that we're married over 60 years, they said, Nate, it's not always easy, but at the end of the day, it's been worth it. So um, so happy Valentine's Day to Dottie as well. Glad to have you with us on the show. Thanks for spending the day with us. Um, we've got uh, Mike Rosenbaum in the show for about the next 40 minutes or so. If you have a question, 219-362-0522. You cannot text us. Text line's still not working. Not sure what's going on. I'm not our tech guy. Um, but uh, you are welcome to call us, or you can email me at soundoff at 967theeagle.com. So just email me instead of texting, and I'll ask any questions that you have. Hey, Mike, um, you are running for re-election coming up here, um, so you've got a primary. Um, I don't think you have a primary candidate, though, do you? Oh, you do. Okay, so you're running. You, you ran four years ago. What are some of the things that you're most excited about that you guys have accomplished in the last four years or that since you've been on the council? Well, one of the things is it's it's great to have a greater diversity. I mean, when I got on the council, and and this is no insult, there were three firemen, and right now we're down to one, and he was a police, and he was a fire chief. That's great. 
And but we also have other people in other industries. And now you have myself, who's a CPA, a financial someone with financial background, uh, which is I think, in all, w- without sounding egotistical or anything, I'm one of the few mm-hmm. with a financial background, and that's really helped us get through a lot of parts. We do a lot of talking, off, uh, you know, off the the um, not during meetings. So uh, in between meetings, uh, we do, uh, and we cross lines. It's, this is not a Democrat versus a Republican thing. And people are trying to, even when it comes to the lit tax, people are trying to point it this way or that way. We'll get into that in a little bit later. Mm-hmm. But um, at some of the, we, we've accomplished, we've been able to manage, um, you know, but, uh, we've been able to manage the budget process. We've been able to move more money this past year to uh, payroll, which is something that we, we really wanted to do. Um, we have cut, when it comes to the regular everyday operations, um, we, we've cut that every year. Um, and then there are some things that have been uh, put that we pay for out of other funds, and we're really trying to get those back into the general fund. Because an example, the riverboat fund is is been decreased, and that's state ruled, and and that's not something we can control. And it's also off. Uh, it's a, it's a year or two behind. It lags a year or two behind how well um, the blue chip has been doing. Well, think about 2020. Mm-hmm. And they did have to shut down along with a lot of other people. So there's a period of time that they didn't do, period. So it eventually comes up and gets caught up. So we'll get a little bit less for that. But we're because we have been saving money and we put money aside um, in an emergency fund, we were able to cover the cost for COVID-19. I'm going to tell you, I know that we got 3.6 million, but it was reimbursed. We had to lay this stuff out first, mm-hmm. but we had the money. And that was all because of things that were done before I got there. Now we've actually increased that fund where we want to make it 15, up to $15 million. Because the plan is, as long as there's no other emergency, when it comes time eight years down the road, when um, we can first pay off the bonds off of uh, Michigan City Courthouse, why pay interest if we can pay it off? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so that's what we're looking to do. That's where some of the planning is. Uh, I'm going to take a moment and we'll talk about some other funds that we have available to us. You know, you'll you'll hear, and, and I know that they're going to talk about it at the commissioner's meeting this week also, that the council has to its disposal several different funds. The problem is a lot of those funds have special rules on what they can be spent on. That's one problem. That's one issue, one concern, and one of the things that you have to manage. The second thing is, is what you've committed to use out of some funds in a future period. And I'll give you an example. We have a a, a very good uh, planner. His name is Mitch Bishop, and he goes out and he gets grants one after the other after the other. Sometimes we have to put up 5%. Sometimes we have to put up 20%. But if you've got a million-dollar project every year for the next five years, and it's a 20-80 split where you only have to come up with $200,000 and you get federal or state funds of $800,000, you bet we, we're going to take that money and we're going to use it. And we're going to use it exactly for what we're allowed to use it for. And so we're going to make sure that we have, and I said five years, $200,000, million. We're going to make sure that we have a million dollars over that period of five years to spend. So you may see and you may hear that we've got $5 million here or something there. You don't know what has already been pledged for a certain program. And sometimes we can't control when those programs come in. They're delayed or they're not completed timely. I mean, you've got a lot of people fighting for a few vendors to get things done. And we're just trying to 
um, work with pricing the best we can because, as we all know, uh, we're getting hit with a bit of inflation. Mm-hmm. Um, supply, um, we can't control uh, the, the supplies, as, uh, mm-hmm. you know, materials uh, for our vendors, and then they can't, in turn, come to us. I mean, personally, I know. I'm waiting, it takes six months to get a commercial boiler for your house. And I'm on the wait list, okay? And thank God it hasn't completely blown up or anything, but it's on its last leg in 60 plus years. I think I think it's, you know, I'm just gonna be patient and it'll be installed during the summer. I mean, right now, that the one I have is the size of a pizza oven. If you go into an, an, you know, one of those bakeries that has those metal ovens that's five foot high and those big metal doors that you know slide down, it, it is really that huge. So you've got all this, and I think it's a good reminder for our listeners because it is. Uh, um it's a hard thing to understand. And in the nonprofit world, we work with some governmental money as well, and and oftentimes you know, there are stipulations, right? Um, Where this money can be spent, but also how the money can be spent and and what, you know, um, only a certain percentage of this money can go towards staffing or these kind of things. And so it it isn't just oftentimes, you know, the news might say you get a $5 million grant, but there are rules, there are stipulations and it can become a lot more complicated, but it's better to have the money than not have the money, right? Yeah, and and, you know, there are some taxes that we pay, highway taxes that we pay that do come back to us and they help us pay for our, our, our um, highway department. Um, we also, you know, our prosecutor's office is paid for through the state. Um, there are some funds that come for other programs, uh, you know, as well through the state. So you, you've got to be very careful to understand that those funds just can't be touched. You know, they're there and they're, they're going to pay those things. And, you know, yes, do we have a lit in place right now? We do. And what can we use that for? Primarily for um, it is economic development. And there is a little broad range but economic development doesn't mean payroll. Yep. Economic development doesn't mean public safety. And I wish I could say that it did. Now, someone also said, well, why don't we go to the state because they have so much money? Well, the state put in place the possibility of, of get finding funds yourself. And they're gonna force us that if we want money for public safety, they're gonna say, hey, we put in place that you can go out and get and, and apply and, and process and proceed with getting a new lit tax that is for public safety only. And then only those things can be paid out of that. So one of the interesting things about it is if we're spending, and I'm just gonna say, if, if, if we use a half percent, which is what's been talked about, if we use, that means that the county will get over $6 million. So what happens to our budget if we get $6 million over here, well, it means that $1.3 million, which goes to the Sheriff's Department pension every year, which is coming out of riverboat funds, the first thing is that can now come out of these, this uh, of $6 million of funds. That means that now, those funds are now available for anything else because that's, that's like a free spending fund, mm-hmm. almost, almost as good as a general fund. We use it like that. We try not to use it for payroll. The other thing is the payroll that's coming out of the general fund will now be paid from from these funds, from that $6 million, okay? So what does that mean to the general fund? There becomes, yes, some of the funds get released that were being used to pay for their salaries and now is available for other things. Mm-hmm. So how does that help the common employee in the, for the, that works for the county? It enables us 
to get them a little bit better uh, market uh, wages. And you we're not going to go boom, everybody, you know, hello, everybody, here's so much more money. That does, that's not the way it works. No, it goes over time, as you know, you have money available to it. And if we can still keep, uh, you know, uh, control on things. But there's a point, one of the other things you asked me before was what, you know, what were some of the accomplishments? Well, we started taking care of our properties better. And so, and, and one example is just the facility maintenance facility uh, over in Monroe. Uh, they was talk about buying another building. I'm not going to get into details on that. We were able to take our own building and for about the same amount of money, put in all new windows, uh, put up walls, put in doors, lock, and so that now we have a centralized location for all of our PPE and for other supplies as well. And it's nice. It's our own building. Mm-hmm. And rather than wait and let it crumble apart, you know. All right, we've got Mike Rosenbaum, uh, LaPorte County Council member on the show today, and we're talking about different things. Mike's talked a little bit about the local income tax lit. I'm sure we'll talk a little bit more about that down the road. Um, but if you have a question, 219-362-0522, you're welcome to call me. You cannot text right now, but you can call or you can email me at soundoff at 967theagle.com. Let's get to a caller before we go on break real quick. Hey, Thanks so much for calling. You're on the show. You're our first caller. What's your question for Councilperson um, Mike Rosenbaum? Hello. Hi, you're on the show. Yes, I was wondering, he talked about the lit. Does he support the lit? All right, yeah. Uh, Council, Councilman. Oh, yeah. The, not, so, um, straightforward, and before start, people start threatening me with not reelecting me and all of that, what I'm going to do is I've decided already where I'm going with this, and I'm going to tell you in a moment. You have to look at what's available and what are the permanent solutions. So far, no one else has come up with a permanent solution. This is a permanent solution. And so, therefore, that's why I'm for it, because I'm also for public safety. I've watched too many EMS people leave. The current year, we've lost five deputies out of the sheriff's department already. So we need to fix this problem, and we need to fix it now. One of the things that I heard during our meetings, and I'm sorry to get a little long on this, is that EMS, when we were talking about EMS, we had a person come up, and they said there are X amount of EMS professionals, people who are licensed or people who, have, uh, who are EMTs, and therefore, there's only so many of them. And if other people are picking them off, we don't have them. And if there's only X amount of them that work in the state, you're not gonna be pulling from out of state. Yeah. So you have to keep the people who are here working for us. Yeah. And at some sort of um, in, in, in equity, in some sort of equity format so that they don't, they're not, they can't, you know, we don't want them jumping for ten. 000. $15,000. Yeah, and I think what's important for any time you talk about governmental things like this, and again, nobody wants to raise taxes. I think every every person on the commission and the council has said nobody wants to raise taxes, it, especially so in an election year, um, but really any time. However, um, there needs to be a solution, right? So, and sometimes you, you go through all these situations and you go through all the scenarios that you can, you realize that the only way we can do it is through this way and there's a way and you, you follow it, right? And, and here and here's something to also think about. I started talking a little bit before about how we have so many funds and, you know, so we've gone through this process. This is just not a simple answer. I was not on board. If you heard me talk about this several months ago, there was the possibility that we were gonna lose business purpose business personal property tax. Now that's 3.3 million to this county. 
Well, we don't have to make it up just yet because the state hasn't decided what they're going to that, do. That legislation did not go through yet? No, it has not gone through. They're okay. still talking about it. Right now, they are down in, in the, they're, they're coming, they're, they're now, um, all the, the, they've reviewed a lot of bills on both sides. They've swapped some. And in the next two weeks, they're going to make some final decisions on what's going to go forward. And the conversation is, if this goes forward on the business personal property tax where they lower the ceiling, uh, and that meaning, what I mean by that is so that if property goes to zero, it, it can go down to zero. But they right now currently said no property, personal property goes below 30% for a tax base. Well, if you've had something for 10 years, you've already used it and, and under depreciation rules, for the most part for his equipment, it's already depreciated. So therefore, why are you still paying tax on it? Mm-hmm. And that's and that's kind of their theory. Why should you be doing that? Well, you just can't cut cut it off from the locals. And they understand that. They've heard it. Um, the AIC, which is the Association of Indiana Counties, has been blasting yeah. in their ears. There wasn't a county in favor of this uh, no. cut. Yeah. yeah, no, 92. And I'm going to say there are also 71 counties that already have a um, public safety a public lit. Safety lit. Mm-hmm. So I don't say that because we should follow everybody else. I'm just saying that this is a solution that everybody else has had to go to. So going back to the personal property tax issue, so what they're thinking of now, and this is just, again, they're not gonna, if they're going to cut it, they're gonna issue a credit, but the state's gonna pay the credit back to the uh, employer or the company, and so it's not gonna come away, so the county will still get their 3.3 million, and whatever we would have lost, the state's gonna make up from, some, from somewhere. And I haven't figured this out because I don't handle the state budget. God knows ours is good enough to, to, to be concerned about. And it's a little bigger than some of the local cities. All right. Well, we've got uh, Mike Rosenbaum on the show. Mike's a LaPorte County council person. If uh, you have a question, 219-362-0522. We're going to take a really quick break. We'll be right back here on 96.7 The Eagle. Welcome back, friends. This is Sound Off. My name is Nate Laux. We've got LaPorte County Council Person Mike Rosenbaum on the show. If you have a question, 219-362-0522, or you can email me at soundoff at 967theagle.com. Thank you, everyone, for waiting on the line. Let's get to a bunch of callers now. Hey, thanks so much for calling. What's your thoughts on this? Hello. Hi. What's your question for Mike Rosenbaum? Well, I, have, I do have a question. I mean, you're referring to saving money for the county. And Indiana has 92 counties, correct? Yes. And what does LaPorte County have that no other county has? Me. We have two courthouses. That's right. Yeah, that's one of the- We're the only county in the state that has two courthouses. How can we justify having two courthouses so that's double the amount of money that's being paid out and all the other counties seem to be able to manage on one courthouse, not two. Well, first of all, by I, the, I, okay, me, I never could understand that. It, well, I, you know, you are not alone, and I thank you for asking the question because I too, when I came on board, said, "Why do we have? Why do we have two, um, two courthouses?" And especially when one is not even in the county seat. And it turns out that by law, we are required to have one courtroom in Michigan City. And if you're going to have one courtroom, how can you hold for all of the the needs court in in, Michi- in Michigan City? The problem that we have is if we were to try and bring everything to Laporte, we would not be able to handle everything in the current building. 
And so therefore, a brand new building, which would be twice the size, would have to be built than what we were able to do in Michigan City. So, yeah, it's a good point. The we do have two courthouses, but one of them's not big enough to hold to handle all of the business that and, we need. And the other part is by law, we have to. It's yeah. the same thing. By law, we have to have a second um, a tax assessor. So we have a Michigan Township tax assessor. Yeah. And it's just a duplicate, a duplication. And unfortunately, under the state rules, that person is not as accountable as our county assessor. And we've done recent stuff to, um, to take care of that. And I, I know I'm behind a lot of it, and I'm not going to speak about that now. <laughs> All right, let's get to another caller. Hey, thanks so much for calling the show. Mike Rosenbaum's on the show. What's your question? Yeah, I got a question. Uh, for the ARP money for the county employees, my father has been at the county for 43 years, recently going to be retiring here soon. He only received one payment. What's going to happen to the rest of that? Uh, funny, will he receive it or will he not? Second question I had is, does the county commissioners and the council consider the county highway essential? Thank you. All right. Thanks so much for calling. Um, yeah, that's uh, okay. Parse that apart. Yeah. yeah, there's two two distinct different things. So, the first of all, um, the way we wrote the bonuses is that you need to be employed with us in order to get the bonus. So we were trying to encourage people to stay with us, not grab the money and leave. Like I just mentioned, uh, we knew of the five employees out of the deputies department. Um, they only got one, but if they got the full payment, we would have lost $15,000 and no employee in the future. So when you multiply that out by the number of people that we had lost in EMS, and we were concerned that we were gonna lose that many people, there's a, there is, a, is some savings by doing that and stretching out. Now, unfortunately, in your father's situation, if he leaves with before 18 months are up, before June, of 2023, then he will not get continued bonus payments. They're every six months, and you have to be here for each six months, you get $1,000. And that beats having it spread out in your paycheck. All right, let's get to another caller here. Oh, wait, oh, there was wait, a second yeah, question. We do have, yeah, that's he asked, do we think it's essential? I will not speak for the commissioners, and I cannot speak for my fellow council members. I can only speak for myself, yes. If you need to be dug out in the snow, and I know that, see, I live on a state highway, so for me, my road gets cleared. So, but I also know that if I go one block over, the city has to do it, or if I go on different highways, the county has to do it, and then out in the county, they take care of it. It takes time. And let me tell you, I've jumped in some of those trucks. I would not want to drive one of them. Yeah, it's it's hard for me to, to understand them not being essential when the the EMS or the uh, police don't operate without them. So let's get to another um, caller here. Hey, thanks so much for listening to the show. Thanks for calling. We've got Mike Rosenbaum in the studio here. What's your question? Thank you for coming on the air, Mr. Rosenbaum, and answering our questions. This is Steve Hollifield. My two questions basically revolve around the lit tax. First, what is your stance on it right now when it comes time to vote? And the county has not brought forth any major staff reductions, department reductions, different ways of looking at how they spend the taxpayers' money. You just want more and more. The second part of my question is, I went on the county website. I saw the substantial increases for police and fire and EMTs and paramedics. And as of 10 days ago, when the fire chief or fire and police officer were on the radio, it's like, oh, we could go Friday. Yeah. Uh, no one's applied for those jobs. Uh, what are you gonna do? This is happening across America. 
if no one applies for them jobs, are you guys going to continue to raise the salaries? And then you'll have to raise everybody else's and then raise our taxes. This is happening all over. So thank you. Yeah, and it's interesting because there are communities that are getting applicants. I know South Bend is getting applicants right now, so LaPorte County is not. You can't compare us to South Bend because they get so much federal funds that um, they're, they're, they have different resources, different pockets than we do. But let's let's try and answer all of those questions. It was more than just two. Mm-hmm. So I've already expressed my stances. I, I took a while for me to come to the conclusion that if a vote was taken today, I would say yes. But I'm also, we're also looking and we're getting, we already have five letters from local communities um, that also would get advantage of this. And there's a total of 12 communities. And we're looking for each one of them to stand up and say, yes, we need this. So please, please do this so we're not just talking to one city or another city we're talking to the townships as well because it does affect them um you talked about major staff reductions well i wish i could do more about it um i've only attacked a few departments on a few things and those not directly where you're going to see me in public on on stuff we have seen reductions in the county assessor's office over the years it takes a time to do it um, I fought adding people on a couple of times if you check some of my votes. Um, but really, when it comes to doing this, you really need a, an efficiency study. And the only people that can hire anybody, it is the commissioners to do that. And would I support that? Absolutely. Um, you said that you took a, a look at the county website and saw substantial increases. I, I'm not sure what you mean by substantial. Um, the the police officers only got increases of six percent i mean the the sheriff's department the deputies got six percent while everybody else got five percent and if we and uh we we did do something recently where we did bring um ems up to everybody else because they were getting paid 11 and change an hour not even 15 which is kind of our new minimum so we just we just pushed that through um and so are we gonna and then you asked the question um what are we gonna do if we don't get anybody? Well, you know what? We have not fixed the problem yet for the sheriff's department. So if we're not getting anybody, it's because we haven't fixed it yet. So I can't talk about what we're gonna do, but if we have to do it once, I don't wanna do it twice, but you know, we'll at least have funding available for us to do that. And so that's, that's why I, again, have to go back to a permanent solution, which unfortunately is lit. And I think having him on the show and, and hearing him, you know, the sheriff does think that paying more will certainly maybe not fix everything, but will will be a, an important step in fixing some of this. Ab- absolutely. He has definitely shared that publicly, yep. privately, and, you know. All right, we're going to take another break, our final break of the day. If you've got a question, 219-362-0522. we got some calls left on the, te- or on the line. We'll get to you as soon as uh, we get back from this break on 96.7 The Eagle. All right, welcome back, friends, to our final segment of Sound Off. We've got Councilperson Mike Rosenbaum in the studio with us. Here's a question from our Facebook line. Can you ask Mr. Rosenbaum to explain what the settlement fund is in the commissioner's claims and allowances for February published recently? It is $67 million. Is that a typo? Uh, $67 million? I think so. Okay. <laughs> um, you know, I, I don't know specifically because I don't get to see the details of it. Uh, what we do have is that that could very well be, if that's saying that we have this much money, well, we get our tax money twice a year and then we pay all our bills from it. So if that's what it's talking about, fine. Because usually the money that comes out is what they call claims. Mm-hmm. So this could just be the tax money from last November that we just got. All right, let's get to another caller. Hey, thanks so much for listening to the show. Thanks for waiting on the line. What's your question for Councilperson Mike Rosenbaum? 
Hi, hello, how are you? Hey, good to have you on the show. Thanks for calling. Good. I, I just want to call him more of a comment. I'd like to thank him for taking a stance and knowing numbers, knowing certain funds can only be used for certain things. And, and, and instead of being a, a politician and worrying about his full career, taking a stance on doing what is right for the county, that's what comes first. Instead of when I hear a commissioner at a council meeting reading a statement that a county attorney probably wrote for her, saying, well, we'll ask the state for money. The state is the one who put this lit in place and the go about it by, is it right that they put it in the county? No, but that's the process that they've done. And I'd just like to thank him and tell him I'll be reaching out to him and he'll have my full support. Thank you. All right. Thanks so much for calling. Um, let's get you another caller. Thanks so much for calling the show today. We've got Mike Rosenbaum in the studio. What's your question? Hi, I have a question about uh, that sand mining deal that was going on. I think it was around the Schultz Road area. Okay. I, I don't live in that area. I'm in the Rolling Prairie area. But I, there was something similar going on out here. And, and I'm just wondering about that because it seems like if that couldn't be resolved in the two or three or however many years it's taken, and they're still doing it, what what you know chance do we have of coming up and asking for a resolution if we have the same problem. It just seems like those people have done everything they can and nothing is being done. That's my question. Okay, I, I, I will tell you this is that there's a lot going on behind the scenes that you may not be aware of at this point in time. Um, there's, a, there's, there's a group that's supposed to be in charge of this, but also um, our, our, we also have um, I'm trying to think of the right building planning and and what happens is they can only enforce the laws um that are exist on the books and there could possibly be a sort of loophole here that is being taken advantage of i am telling you i'm reading through a lot of things that are being said this is uh coming up in front of the bza it's coming up in front of the commissioners these are the people that have to address it um ms4 um if you're not not aware they're a group that we are now um redoing um we've the employees that used to be that group have left we're now putting it under another department and so uh it's all about zoning violations but it can only be a zoning violation if something's on the books and so that's some of the things that we're going back and forth with who, who creates our zoning laws then is that a commissioner it's a commissioners can, okay. uh, do all the laws except for money okay yeah so if, if you've got a question about some of the, the laws that are on there you can certainly talk to the commissioners as well um, let's get to another caller hey thanks so much for calling and listening to sound off glad to have you uh, what's your question for councilperson Mike Rosen Rosenbaum Nate, thanks for taking my call. Uh, our duly elected Mike Rosenbaum. Mike, you didn't state what are you Republican, Democrat, Libertarian, just outer space? What, what's your affiliation, if you could please? And then I get questions for you. Well, I wish I was Jeff Bezos and could have gone out of space on that flight, but I wasn't. But I'm a I'm, I'm a registered Republican. <laughs> okay, and, and so yeah, much so that I'm a member. I'm a part, uh, an officer of the party as well. So um, I'm all in. Correct, you're treasurer yeah, of the I'm Park County GOP. <laughs> It's interesting. You know, um, it, it's interesting. Thank you. Thank you for taking time out and uh, serving the public. It, it's a hell of a job. I mean, it, it's a jungle. People don't understand it's a jungle. I mean, it, it, to sort out between uh, who you have to uh, answer to and who you don't have to answer to and and, and staying with principles. What is right and what is wrong? Let's, let's make the best of everything. And, 
And uh, I, I get a kick out of real quick. I get a kick out of the scapegoat. Well, let's let's ask the, the township affiliates out there what they want on this uh, the new tax that they're proposing through Tom Germany, the mayor Tom Germany. Well, yeah, they can just say, well, the council passed it. We, our our hands are clean. I'm Caesar. You know, we don't have to worry about this. My hands are washed. But anyway, nonetheless, you know, with the situation with our 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 police and our firemen or EMS. What I want to touch on there through the county council. They have a very lucrative, very, very wonderful uh, pension fund, don't they? Isn't it a dollar a month taken out of the paycheck for each policeman and EMS? Because I don't believe we have a fire department in the county other than our our, uh, individual cities and township trustees that are volunteers mostly. But isn't it a a dollar a month taken out of the fund? And after 20 years, it's a $2 million automatic pension. Am I correct in that area or close to it? Because it's lucrative. And I think this needs to be impressed upon the people that are like, look, jump on board, ladies and gentlemen, please. It's not that big of a deal. And I'm wondering if um, secret societies are getting in the way of this hiring process. I know... Yeah, secret societies. Um, uh, talk, talk about the. the I'll try and answer the. Yeah. I'll try and answer it. Um, I don't have an. I, I do not know specifically about the one dollar issue that you're saying and how it becomes two million. What I do know is they have a much in the county that is they have a much better retirement plan than the localities. So if you're talking about the city of Laporte or the uh, Michigan City, I know the county has a much better retirement plan. So sometimes people may think, well, I'm going to leave here and go to the city because they're paying better money. Well, then they're going to forget about the retirement plan. So mm. it's part of the benefit package. And as a person, you look at everything. Yep. Thank yep. you. Um, and, and hopefully you can look into a little bit more of that as well. Um, and, and so we don't, I don't think we have any more callers right now, but we've got a couple minutes left. Um, you're going to share something a little bit about your story or a little bit about yourself. You've got a couple minutes to do that. So go ahead. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. I mean, I didn't, I didn't grow up in Laporte. I chose Laporte. So what happens is when you don't grow up in Laporte, people don't know you from your childhood. And so they don't know, you know, other than speaking to you as an adult, what you've been through in your life. I mean, my father never made more than $36,000 a year. He was a postal worker. Um, and so he worked for the federal government. And then when he re- retired, he got a, a $20,000 a year pension. That was it, period. Um, I have four, uh, there's four blood relatives, you know, I have four siblings uh, by blood. Um, I'm the third of of four children uh, born to Jack and Sonia, Rosenbaum that is. And in addition to the four of us, my parents took care and loved 35 foster children. And out of the 35 foster children, three of them are adopted siblings right now. And um, it is very special um, to be part of that large and that giving and having uh, that empathy in my life. And because of that, I, you know, I have a long history of servitude. Um, and even while being county councilman, I, I've still done quite a bit of things. I serve on four nonprofit boards as a treasurer. And let me tell you, that's not just an easy thing. I, you have to take care of everything. Deposits, reconciliation, reports, letting everybody know. Um, I've been involved with the city of Laporte with junior baseball. I got to meet a lot of great families and got to watch a lot of kids play uh, to the best. And one of my favorite stories just happened yesterday. This kid is no longer in baseball. He's working at a store, a retail store in Michigan City. And I run into him and he tells me he's very proud of the fact. And, and that he wants to talk to me is even incredible too. And then he tells me that he got accepted in Purdue and then he's going to start next fall. And not only does he tell me that, he tells me who his roommate's going to be. Is another kid I watched play baseball mm-hmm. and still will probably play baseball for Laporte this year if he's not injured. So um, I'm hoping, you know, I'm hoping for that. Uh, also, I, you know, I've been um, 
For over nine years, I've been a substitute teacher in the area. Now, most of it is through New Prairie uh, United School Corp. Uh, but I've also been in Lepore. And I've been down in South Central just trying to get a feel for all the schools. And, you know, and, and this is and I've, I spend most of my time up in New Prairie. And the reason for it is um, those teachers were very accepting to me eight, nine years ago. And I learned a lot from them. And um, what are the and, and, and so I, I it was a great experience. Recently, um, I left a former job in October and I took a couple of months. I took eight weeks, actually, where I was subbing straight. And I was a fourth grade teacher for five of those weeks. And it's incredible to learn what teachers go through. And it's incredible to learn yourself what you can do when I, I only took a, I minored in education. Uh, you know, I, mind, I majored in accounting and business and law and everything else. So to find that I could do stuff like this, it was, it, it was kind of incredible. And so I'm going to give a shout out to Mrs. Z's fourth grade class. And that's all you're going to get. <laughs> um, I'm looking forward to seeing them again if they go to their um, winter festival on the 19th. So if they're going to be there, I'm looking to be there on Saturday. And then the only other thing I'm going to share is I've had a long history of being involved with the scouting organization. And uh, back on the East Coast when I was there, uh, my wife and I took um, a program called Ameribadge Fair, which is where the boys get to do their um, uh, they, they get to earn their merit badges by coming to a safe environment and a place that they really had to do their work. And we grew it from 125 people to 1,500 over the time that we were involved over 10 years. And we did it from a Saturday to both Saturday and Sunday. Um, if you ever want to watch 250 pizzas disappear in 10 minutes or less, that's the, that's the place to do it. Um, so we, we served that just to make sure everybody had food and, and all of that. So, and then even when I came here, I was living in Granger when I first came here and I got involved with Algonquin district, which is a little east of here. And I started a merit badge fair there, which is, uh, still being held to this day annually. Okay. And so, you know, you create these legacies. All right. And so this is some part of me that a lot of people don't know of how involved I've been. And one last thing, I've also been involved with the courts as a court-appointed youth advocate. All right, which is, and I want to thank you so much for listening. Coming up on the show on Friday, we've got Mayor Tom Dermody. If you have a question, please let us know. We're going to work hard on getting that text line back for you. But you are always welcome to email me at soundoff at 967theeagle.com. Um, again, uh, go back and listen to our podcast. If you're wanting to know more about the local income tax, uh, we, we had a great podcast just on that to, to learn a little bit about how it's, it's geared and things like that. Um, but most importantly, be good to yourself, be good to others, and keep listening to 96.7 Eagle. Thank you for joining us and voicing your opinion on this edition of Sound Off. The views on Sound Off are those of the host or callers and do not represent the opinion of 96.7 The Eagle, Spoon River Media LLC, or the sponsors. Sound Off airs every Monday and Friday at 1230. Please mark your calendar and join us again for the next edition of Sound Off on 96.7 The Eagle. Thank you for listening to the Sound Off podcast at 96.7 TheEagle.com.